Hey man, I, I wasn't gonna um I was gonna say, you know, I was gonna do one of those high powered, you know, big show things and be like, you know what? No more shows until 2023. And then I was like, you can know the hell you think you are, bro. If you don't get your ass over there to that mic, man, and shouts out to Radio Influence, my man Jason is back from Arizona. And and one of these shows, too, we're gonna get Jason on this mic here, because Jason really talks sports too, and he's at a lot of these games. Um, and 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 that's what we do here on the players playlist. Uh not sure where Crisco is, but I hope that he is well and he is usually here with me. And actually, I wanted to really get Crisco in today, too, because Crisco was actually at the Bucks and Cardinals game. He can give us like that in stadium feel, right? But you know, I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. And but I do have my guy here. I texted him this morning and said, hey, I'm not sure if you're available, but if you are, I would love to get you on the mic today to talk Bucks, talk Cardinals, talk football playoffs. And we can we would be a miss. If we didn't talk TB12, the GOAT, my man Ian Beckles is here, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, uh, one of the dopest dudes I know talking this sports thing on the radio. And and I just want to say to you, man, thank you, because every time I ask you, dude, like, you really do be like, yo, I got you. I'm going to be here. I ain't got no job, dog. Oh. I, I mean, I, this is where I stay. So every time you come in and do a podcast, I'm here. I dap you up, and I'm easy, bro. I'm the easiest cat out there. I ain't got no damn job. Well, now that I know that, I'm I'm gonna ask you more often because I, 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 I think like I'm here. You, to me, you, to me, you're like one of those guys that kind of legitimize my take on these sports things because I really do like I got a lot of respect for dudes like yourself who do this this sports talk thing professionally. And so when I talked to Jason about the idea, right, I was like, yo, like I think we could really do this thing that. It's like we have like my entertainment friends on and, and people that are in this entertainment business type thing or in, the, in a different life. But I really want to talk like sports and, 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 you know, not just talk the typical reality show, you know, all that, that, that chaos. But I do, to your point, before we get into, you know, the day's haps, you kind of had a take on that. You don't really have to be playing sports to talk sports. Nah, I mean, we all, if there's one thing uh, Americans are passionate about, I would say sports is the number one thing. I mean, right. when, when anything happens in our world or in our country, we really go to sports to, you know, to to get away from it. You know what I mean? 9-11, the one thing you remember is the NFL and, you know, the Star Spangled Banner and all those things and people uniting. So it doesn't matter if you play professional sports or not. I mean, if you love your team, if you love a sport, you know, some of the best coaches in the world never played the game. So if you're passionate about something, you love your team, you love a sport, you could know as much as someone who played the game because I played with some guys who didn't love the sport. That's a fact. Right. So to me, loving sports in general, and I don't just love football, I just love competition, any any sort of competition. Well, well let me ask you this, as long as we're, we're, we're on the subject of, of loving your team. I've had... You know, and, and shout out to my guys. Shout out to Buckwheat. Shout out to my brother Raheem up in Atlanta. Shout out to my man Ken up in, in, in Philly. Shout out to my man Amir who came here and really sat down and gave us some insight on what it's like to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. Now, in your opinion, do you think that that is the wildest fan base? The 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 Because I know there's some fan bases that are up there with them. Not as popular, uh-huh. but when it comes to the Cowboys fans, right? And 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 a, and, a, and a disclaimer too. I want to say this first. I really don't think the league is the same though when Dallas fans aren't involved and when Dallas isn't somewhat good and in the conversation. Okay. I I, I enjoy that. I thoroughly enjoy that. But when you think about the Cowboy fans, do you are they really the most obnoxious fans that you get or 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 what what do you call it? Uh, uh de- delusional fans well, that are out there. 
I don't know if they're delusional. Uh, I would say Cowboys fans are the most relevant fans out there, um, like Yankee fan, like Laker fan. I don't care how good or bad the Lakers are, you're going to talk about them, and you're going to talk about the Yankees, and you're going to talk about the Cowboys. Don't care. If the Cowboys end up 1-15, you're going to talk about them. 15-1, and one, you're going to talk about them. And their fans, there's so many. Listen, I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan. Everything in my room growing up was Dallas Cowboys. Everything, okay? So I was that guy. Dallas, there's just more of them. There's 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 not Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans everywhere. Right. There There's Dallas Cowboy fans everywhere. So that's the, that's the difference. Listen, I'm not a big college football person. I went to Indiana. Nobody gives a shit about Indiana football. To me, Gator fans are obnox- more obnoxious than Cowboy fans. They're every gosh darn where. They win three <laughs> games in a row. You see my Gators? <laughs> no, but Cowboy fans, to me... There's just so many of them that they just become more relevant than everybody else. And they're they're everywhere. When the Cowboys play in every stadium, they're going to put a quarter of the people in the stands. That's the way it is. Right. I, I, and I, I say this, too. I, I think their marketing is, is super duper dope. Like, and, and I'm from the Bronx. Right. And I think like when you talk about Yankee fans, it almost seems like it's standard issue in New York that before you're five, you've had about two or three Yankee caps. Like your mom, your dad has bought you one, your mom, your uncle, your brother somehow. And I think a lot of other teams, they just miss basic grassroots marketing when it comes to making your team, you know what I'm saying? Like, like being there for your team. Like, cause I think there, there's like a lot of really dope fans here in Tampa. Not, like I've known people who like, shout out to Katie Pedretti, who used to be like somebody, somebody who really taught me a lot about the game of, of this industry and music stuff. She was like instrumental in like the ludicrous, the Jay-Z's careers, right? And people wouldn't even know it. Like this late 30s early 40 year old white lady like she was really like dope at this promotions game and still dope at what she does right now but they had a car called the buck wagon her and her husband yeah, they did. like they were fans back when the creamsicle was the color they, they ain't no fair weather once we got brady type fans <laughs> right like they was yeah. like like you you saw that car you was like bro have y'all gotten everything the bucks ever gave away that's a good question. <laughs> uh, shout out to Katie Pedretti. One love. I just that's one of my favorite people in the love whole, in the whole Bay, love Bay Area. Katie. I remember her husband back in the day while I was playing. There's fans, there's super fans, and then there's another level. Right. He might be at that <laughs> pinnacle level. I mean he he, he had a, a he had the hood of a car. Right. That was signed by like every buccaneer ever or some crap like that. So they do love their their their, their football. Uh as far as you know, Buccaneers, nobody has more Buccaneer hats than me, I don't think. I, I, I have a ridiculous amount. But is it cool? Like, like when I played, the orange wasn't cool. The orange is cool now, okay, because it's nostalgic. Wearing Buck stuff, I'm not sure if it's cool everywhere. Like, you don't see a lot of non-Buck fans wearing Buck stuff. You know what I mean? So we're not quite there yet. Tom put us up a little bit. But you take away the Tom era, the rest of it is not that great. Not even the year we won the Super Bowls? Yeah, I mean, listen, Tom has done a lot to the Tampa Bay area, no doubt about that. So many eyes. Before Tom got here, I think people are forgetting a little bit. There was about eight years of obscurity to where nobody was talking about the Buccaneers at all, okay? They, we sold our soul to John Gruden. We got our Super Bowl. Then there was eight years of obscurity. Tom came back. Tom gave us one. Last year was okay. This year, probably is not going to end that great. And then... Buckle up, because it's going to get hideous. I'm just letting everybody know. I love it. I bleed orange. But I, you can't, as a Buccaneer fan, think it's going to be good next year. No way. Well, I, I, I want to take you two places. And, All right. and And the first place I want to take you is that let's go back to the Gruden era, right? Yeah. And a lot of people that 
Some may know the history of the Bucks. Some may not. Are you one of those people that thinks that John Gruden pretty much won with Tony Dungy's team? Or what did John Gruden do to get them over the hump, in your opinion? What you said, but he still won it. He won it, okay? I don't care what anybody... John Gruden coached a Super Bowl team. How many coaches, I guess, have the luxury of getting a team ready to win a Super Bowl? Anybody? How many in the history of the game? Right. He was something... Listen, John Gruden, to me, is... I, I don't dislike... I don't use the word hate a lot. I don't like the man, okay? I just don't like him, and I have good reason to not like him, all right? Everything I've been, anytime I've been around the man, he's not well loved. He got traded from the Raiders. Oh, How wow. many coaches get traded? Wow. When your team is good. Right. Okay. That should tell you something. Then he came here, won a Super Bowl, then fired Rich McKay, who was in the locker room since he was four. Oh, wow. He got rid of Mike Allstott, got rid of everybody else, and then left us for dead for about eight. 10 years, okay? We had to get, without Tom Brady, this thing was gonna stay down, okay? Tom Brady brought it back up. Right. We're about to come back down because Tom Brady's ancient, Mike Evans is ancient, we don't have a tight end, our offensive line sucks, our defensive line sucks, there's a lot of old sucks out there, and we're still, it's a good thing this was an anomalous year to where if you're six and whatever, you're still in it, right. or else we'd be crying in our Cheerios in the morning because this team is terrible. It's terrible. Now, it's not good. Now, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. And I thought I had two questions to ask, but you, you've kind of made all these points, right? Now, I, I, I was watching, you know, one of the sports shows the other day, and the point was brought up that if your team has a losing record, should they even make the playoffs? And then the, the flip side of that point was, well, you play to win your division. Give me your thoughts on that. They should make it in because that's the rules. I don't hear. I don't. I want to hear people bitching and moaning after the fact. You know what I'm saying? If you win your the first thing you think at the beginning of the year, win your division. Right. If you win your division, you're in. That's it. I mean, this is a weird year. I mean, they may mess around and get in seven and ten. That's a possibility. You can get in, but what would they be? strapping it up to like they're going to playoffs thinking we're going to do this this is what we do well i could ask buccaneer fans what do we do average just answer that question then ask yourself this go back to the two years ago we won the super bowl where are we better give me one position where the buccaneers are better including coach I'll, I'll let anybody go ahead. Give me a one. Do you have one? Well, I was going to say this. I'm not necessarily going to jump on the coaching thing because I don't think that we are. Are as, we better? I don't think we that better? we are. I don't think that we are coached better. I, I really don't think okay. that. Right. And mm -hmm. and I'm not even the football mind that you are. But if you give me if you ask me one thing that I think that we're good at and I think we should do it more often. Is we should do the damn no huddle more often and move the game quicker. Am I wrong for suggesting that? Yes. Man, we just saw it work the other night. We see it working. Ian, we ask you a question. Ian, we see it working. played offensive line? Hell no, I ain't never played offensive line. If you're an offensive lineman and you have a guy crossing 6'7, 305 with arms down to his ankles, right? You want to throw the ball 60 times and let him just tee off on you, not having to run the ball? As a six foot one guy, I want to dot him in his chin and slow him down. You want me to sit back here and pass block that guy? 
all day when he has nothing else to deal with. I love when people say, let's just do two minutes. Let's just do two minutes. Well, bring your ass out there and block those maniacs like that. It, nope, nope, nope. Nope. Well, nope. see now you're now you but see that that that's exactly why I'm glad that you're sitting here because mm-hmm. now you're giving me a different perspective because you have played the line you've been Correct. down there in what they call like you know that space of where things is really the trenches, baby. Right, football is really being played a dude mm-hmm. like me like I said I'm in the stands I, mm-hmm. I I couldn't tell you what that experience is like but again I'm not saying let's do this all game but I do think there are periods in the Buccaneers in the in the in the Buccaneers or in the span of a game right and and you you know this term better than I do situational football where they could kind of speed things up a little bit, right? And then is am I wrong in thinking that we could have the proper substitutions ready to come in and 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 be ready or do you don't even think that we're built like that? No. We've just So you think that we've are you saying that we've just gotten lucky like we did you're saying that we just got lucky the other night against the Cardinals? Well, I didn't what well, what luck? I mean, do, do well, you think do you think the Cardinals are good? I don't. I think. I. I don't. I don't think that. I think the Cardinals are substanti- substantially not as good as they could be when okay. they have when they have Kyler Murray. Well, I the, do. The Buccaneers beat them by three points. Marty McSorley's son was the quarterback. I don't even know who that was. I, I've never heard of him before. Okay, so this is the thing. We could keep on saying that Tom Brady is something that he was, but is anybody listening to the broadcast? This is the first. Every game is this. This is the first time Tom Brady did this. This is Tom. Everything is the first time Tom Brady did something. That means you're getting bad. Okay. This is the first time Tom Brady threw more than two picks three games in a row. This is the first time Tom Brady lost at the. That's a lot, man. He just ain't that good anymore. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: Are are these bad stats? This is Tom Brady's last November thirteenth against Seattle. Yeah. Two fifty eight, two touchdowns, one interception, one eleven quarterback rating. Against Cleveland, 246, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 97.6 QBR. Okay. Um, December 5th against New Orleans, 281, two touchdowns, one interception, okay. 84 QBR. Against San Francisco, which we we both can agree, right? It's one of the top defenses in the league, if not the top, right? Okay. It's right there. 253, he threw a touchdown and two interceptions, which like to by all accounts is not one of his greatest showings, 63.7 QBR. Against Cincinnati, 312, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 92 QBR. And against Arizona, 281, back to your point, two interceptions again, one touchdown, 71.6 QBR. Are those really bad stats or are they just bad stats for Tom Brady? Well, let me ask you this. First of all, I'm not a statistician. Okay. I, I say somebody's good by watching the film. Right. Like if I say to you, is this good stats? One sack and four tackles. Is it good? Uh, I don't know. Is that, what is that? if he's getting flat back the rest of the time and they're running the ball right at him and they rush for 300 yards? You see how stats are garbage? Now, I'm going to ask you this. How many times did Bucks scored more than 20, t- 20 points this year? So how can you be good offensively? Last year, we would suck and score 40 points. Right, but here, but here's my another point to that. Re- remember the year that they won the Super Bowl with, well, who was the quarterback? Uh, Brad Johnson. They weren't scoring over 15 hardly. Okay, I, I get that. But, but let's defense. stop saying that Tom Brady and this offense is something that it's not. It's not good. We don't score 20 points ever. Warren sat back in the day said, get me 17. Right. But, okay, but we knew that that offense wasn't good. Gotcha. No, but we're not playing that way. We're not play. 
We should be. We should be playing like the old bucks and running the football, pounding, pounding, don't turn the ball over because we don't give up a lot of points. Instead, we have to throw the ball 55 times and we don't score points. We don't ever score points. And that's a problem. If you're throwing the ball a lot and you don't score a lot of points, that's just not an equation for success. It's not. Yeah, I, I do think that's a problem because I, I I say this all the time and I and I like I said I know I'm talking to a, a football guy here so I know you totally get this I, I tell people like when you're playing a dude like Patrick Mahomes three points don't mean nothing when you keep going and not pushing it in right when you're playing Buffalo right you gotta you gotta punch it in like you can't you can't keep three pointing them dudes because in just like that you'll be down seven to six right but to that point though you 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 made the point about he was playing the the second third string quarterback right. But if we look at the Dallas-Philadelphia game, why aren't we on Dallas, who barely beat Philly, and Jalen Hurts wasn't there? I mean, I don't think Dallas is a consistent football team. They're a better football team than the Buccaneers. No, there's no doubt about that, okay? they once when, Look at Dallas. I say, what does Dallas do well, okay? What do they do well? They run the football well. They do rush. they, though? Do they, oh, though? Yeah, they we're do. we're yeah, they talking do. about yeah, it. Yeah, but the, the Bucks are ranked, I think, 31st or 32nd in the rushing. I, I don't have to look it up. Can you look it up for me, please, Jason, where Dallas is ranked okay, in rushing? But, okay, but <laughs> you know what they do well. But, dude, but dude, we're always talking about Ezekiel. Elliot, Zeke might be on his way Pollard? out. Right, but but Pollard but always gets... At the gets, end of the game, they have 120 yards rushing every single game. Okay, your point's every valid. Every single game. Your point's valid. You okay. see what I'm I mean, that's, it's not about having great players. It's about running the football. And making the defense scared of something. When you're playing against the Bucks right now, right. what are you scared of? Well, here's what here's here's what I say. And and you could tell me if I'm Eakin, you are way out of line, you crazy, you don't I don't there's no way. If I'm not mistaken, the other half of me that because I'm a New Yorker and the New York Giants part will always forever be in me, didn't Eli get in the playoffs by the skin of his teeth? And isn't there something that is known in the football world as what could be a playoff run? You don't think that there's any chance that if the Buccaneers get in, because I, I maybe am I the only person that thinks that if they if we get Dallas at home, that the Bucs can beat Dallas? I, I believe that because I believe I honestly believe that any team can get beat on any given day in the NFL. Like, like you said, I mean, I, di- I just believe that somebody could have a bad day. Somebody could get injured. Things could just go your way. I believe that. There is a possibility, though, that if the Bucks get in, am I foolish for thinking that they could possibly go on a run? Because what do you got to win? You got to win four games, right? If they get in the wild, if they get in number four seed, right, we're going to get a home game if we play Dallas. How many games you got to win? You got to win four? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I know I'm far-fetched in thinking that, but and, and but I'm just, but are you saying that it's so far-fetched they couldn't go on like a New York Giants run like Eli did back in the day? Anything's possible. You can, if they're in it, anything is possible. But if I race Usain Bolt, there's a, there's a scenario where I win. <laughs> he might trip or pull a hamstring. Okay, but for a Bucks team who's won seven games and hasn't really beaten anybody, so the best win the Buccaneers has is, is, is 15 weeks ago or against Seattle, who's kind of up and down, okay? This Buccaneer team, if I, okay, let's go back to Eli Manning. Why'd they win that Super Bowl? That catch. Running the football? Yeah, and, and yeah. Running. Rushing the passer. Yeah, they had a defense. What the, what the hell do we got? Who's our best pass rusher? But you don't think the defense is good? No. No, they're not great. They're good. We're not playing. Okay, play play against San Francisco. Play against Kansas City. Play against those teams that are going to be there. Right. No, they're not good. They're not. We 
look and see who we played against quarterback wise this year. Right. They've lost to Brock Purdy. They almost lost to McSorley. They've gotten every backup quarterback there is. And they've and they listen, defensively, to be great defensively, you have to turn the ball over and sack the quarterback. And we don't do that. There's never been a defense been great without doing those two things. And we don't do that. So we could keep on saying we're great, but we've got gouged by some pretty mediocre offenses this year. I'm watching it too closely, unfortunately, for them. Right. They used to be where you couldn't run against the Buccaneers. Now you can run against them. And, that, and that's a problem. You always got to make a team one-dimensional in one way or another, and they, they don't really do that that well anymore. Well, you, you made another point, right? You, you, one of the things you said is you think that we're getting up in age, in football age, right? Oh, no, no. Literally, like, we're the, I think we're the oldest team in the NFL. I mean, that's not, it, it, it looks old, but we're literally old. Right. Now, when you say that, right, and, and but do we get some, do we, like, aren't we still, aren't we literally in real life dealing with a lot of injuries? Yeah. Because we're old. So you don't think that, you think that once this year is over, with the possibility of Brady leaving or retiring or whatever he can do because he's got the options. Okay. He's not coming back. You know he's not coming back here. No way. Zero chance. Zero. No way. No way. He has to find, he has to put himself in a situation where he has a great chance to win a Super Bowl or he'll bow out. He doesn't want to go through this again. Right. I, I don't believe he wants no, to go through this. No, he's going to be 46 years old, bro. Right. That's not far from where I'm at. And I can't literally jump anymore. I can't jump up. I, I'll pull something. I don't even know what the hell he's doing out there still. Right. Somebody used to go up to him and say, listen, come on now. Let's not end it bad. You come, what the hell else you got to do? Because this is not, this is not pretty. And I'm telling you, this is, I'm telling you somebody who's been in the locker room before, okay? I don't know if anybody's been more respected than Tom Brady in the history of the game. Right. In and off the field, on the, in the locker room, the whole nine yards. When you've been an ass chewer your whole life and you choose ass, and you put that film on on Monday, and you're as bad as everybody else, we have a problem. Because you ain't chewing my ass no more if I'm watching that film and you're as bad as me or worse because when I'm watching it, he hasn't thrown a good ball over 35 yards in eight weeks. And I, I could just be being an asshole or you could put the film on and you can see Scotty Miller with three steps and the ball's five yards under throw. He had to throw that ball 10 more yards. Listen, Peyton Manning at the end of his thing, Right. It looked a little bit like this. And they won a Super Bowl. So, but Peyton Manning, they ran the ball. They played great defense. He had to score about 17, 20 points. And that was it. Dink and dunk, do, 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 score. But we're not that. We're still down the field. We're still, I don't get it. I I, I do feel that, uh, that, and like I said, again, from what I see, I do feel like a couple of those balls. I'd be like, man, if he would just, like, I thought the ball he threw to Mike Evans, I thought, I was like, if that ball is thrown, like, like it should be. I don't think that ball's picked there's off. Some like bad balls, man. There's I some bad balls, man. Let me tell you, there were some bad, ill-advised passes, and that's just not Tom Brady. It never has been before. Right, but do you think though that? And, and again, this is this is this is this is a sports guy. This is like leader guide on my end, right? Like I played some sports, but not to the level that you've played at all, or even remotely the level of these pro athletes and these guys in these locker rooms, right? But do you think though? Because again, like you said, he chews ass. Brady is very vocal on the sideline. You see it. They talk about it on that. You hear the announcers talking about you it, right? It. But when he gets to that podium, though, he does seem to take his bit of credit for what's, you know, the failure. He doesn't never say like these guys are this. He'll be like, we, I, you know, that sort of thing. So do you think even with him taking that, though, 
Do you still think he could he he's losing the locker room or he's losing no. the confidence of his of his teammates because he doesn't he doesn't go to the he like the one thing I say about him right and and like even when I met him right he's Tom Brady and the dude was just like talking to me once we started talking about mm-hmm. music it was the coolest conversation I was like yo I, I couldn't have asked for a better combo with this dude right and he's Tom Brady and to your other point I would never. Like I looked at like I look at him like when I the last couple of when Jordan came back to Washington I was like wondering why and I know it's hard to tell a guy with this itch and it's been so great when it's time to quit and that's what they say some of the issues are right mm-hmm. but to me you couldn't go, have gone out any better than Jordan hitting that last shot against Utah right like mm-hmm. like what more did you need to do right it don't matter what nobody else do I'm out like right so there's that right and to your point about Brady right like when he when he got us a Super Bowl I was like. He ain't got to do nothing else with me because the man was here one year. We got a Super Bowl, right? And then he decided to come back. And I thought last year was a pretty dope season. And, I, you know, we lost to the Rams. But I thought mm-hmm. it was a – we fought. We were there. You're right. On his legacy, this one does not look good at all. So, you say that he, he probably isn't coming back to the Buccaneers. But you also say, which I believe you, that being who he is – I don't think he would want to go out with this one this way. So, in your thoughts, where would you see a good place for Tom Brady if he left us this year? After this year, I like to, I like to see the way this season ends. Okay, okay. because if you asked me this six weeks ago, I still thought Tom Brady can play. I'm not sure anymore. Okay, because of what I'm seeing, he, as you get older, your brain is better. Your body's worse. So in his brain, he still can make that 40, 50-yard pass. Right. But he's winding up and his body's saying, yo, you're 45. And you can come into the season. And my I remember my last season. I've only played nine years, not 20 freaking some years, which is crazy. In my ninth season, I remember one of my teammates handing me a, a piece of paper in meetings. Okay, the last my last game. And I had to do this to get the paper. I had to grab my hand and reach it over to get the paper because my arm wouldn't do wouldn't just reach over, okay? Wow. I was 31. Okay, he's 45. So you may go into the season saying, I'm in the best shape of my life. But in week 16, when you've been taking a pounding, or you've not been taking a pounding, but you've been getting hit, right? Right. But I couldn't imagine getting up on Wednesday morning. I, I couldn't, I can't imagine what his body feels like on Wednesday to get prepared on Sunday. You can, this is what's weird about football. He's still only 45 years old. He's really young in, in the world, okay? Right. He's only halfway through his life, hopefully. Tell a singer to top, stop singing at 45. Tell an artist to stop painting and right. see what happens to them. So you can say, what's he still playing for? Love, man. I mean, if you take it away, there's a huge void. Like, I don't care what, like, I, I taught spin classes and I read, I had boot camps and all. It ain't the same as running out that tunnel and getting introduced. It ain't the same. Right. So there's a void. He's Tom Brady, man. I mean, once that's gone, it's gone. You ain't nothing. You're not going to fill it back up. And the, the fortunately for him, he's going to have a lot of things that are going to be able to fill voids, but it's just never going to be football. So you got to keep going until it's gone or else you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy. Um, didn't want to open this can of worms, or or maybe I did. By all accounts, very football intelligent coaching staff. Do you think there's something to be said about the coaching and, and what's going on right now in the locker room? No. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. So 
nobody ever likes coaching when it's not going well. Right. Two years ago, I mean, it's the same staff. Last year, Byron left, which was getting a head coaching job. I believe, I think, believe Jacksonville almost, I think they offered it to him. So last year, Byron left, which was good enough to be a head coach. But this year, he can't call plays. Once again, let's go back two years ago. Right. Who's our number one wide receiver? You're going to have a hard time telling me because we had three of them. Three. Who's our number one receiver now? Right. Chris Godwin, probably right now, who is not as good as the other three guys. Chris Godwin, and number one, is not as good as those other three guys we have in Mike Evans, a younger Chris Godwin, and an AB. Okay? Now, put Gronk in there. How much better is Gronk than, I don't even know where our tight end is, Rudolph? Okay, 90% better. Right. We're better than at every offensive position. Everyone. And a younger Tom Brady. You could call every play in the world. But if Tom Brady can't throw at 60, if Mike Evans can't jump, if he can't separate, there ain't no play calling in the world. We don't, we're not that fast anymore. You ever watch the Kansas City Chiefs or San Francisco? Right. It's fast. We're not fast anymore. We're old. We're getting old and... We should be playing plodding football, and we're still trying to be cute with a bunch of old cats. Okay. Well, you, you know me, right? I, I keep a can of worms over here that I shouldn't be opening. No, but, open them, though. But I got another one, right? Okay. Um, so let, let, let's go back to this dude because, you know, I, I had a few choice words to give him uh, on this here podcast, and not so much about his football ability, but about his musical ability because I think it sucks, and I still feel that way. But do you think there's any truth or any truth to the feeling that we really miss Antonio Brown? Uh, on the field, yeah, of course. We've always missed Antonio Brown on the field. Listen, if you're a football fan, right. you know what team could use Antonio Brown right now? 32. <laughs> that, all Anto- of them, all of them. Give me a slot receiver that's better than Antonio Brown. Right. I don't know if there's, many, there's not many. So, are you missing him? Yeah. Is it going to be better with him? No. You, how is that locker room going to be with Antonio Brown in it? When you were you were going to Super Bowls and losing three games, it didn't work. Right. How about losing half of them and him not getting the ball from old Brady? You think that's going to work? Right. Oh, no, no, no. That's not going to work. Come on. We were lucky to get out of Antonio Brown what we got. We were lucky that it didn't implode in our face and it kind of did anyways. Right. No. Is it is it hard to root for like like here's here's the thing with me right and 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 I try to and I've always tried to do this like being in this in this radio thing and like I said I loved how you do it and a lot of dudes shouts out to my guy Stu who I thought was one of the dopest at it right I, I love Calta love um, Stu you know like I and think Calta. like I think dudes are dope that I watch and do and I and I never try to make this thing personal is it. I want to root for Antonio Brown so bad, though. Like, I want to root for him. Because, like, when you talk about football, you just love to see a dude like that play. Mm-hmm. Like, when you, when you were in a locker room and you had those young dudes like that, was it, or even when you were a young player, was it easier to kind of get through to those guys before social media? Or has, has so, you think social media has made it worse? Or is it just the climate that we're in and that these dudes are just going to do what they do no matter how much advice and not that they're all bad. Let's not go there like none of the young guys listen, right? Mm-hmm. But as you were leaving the game, and even guys that you talked to now, because I'm sure you still got some friends that are in the league, is the younger player harder to like, kind of like give the game to than it was back in the day from what you know? 
clearly. I mean, social media just in in itself. I know of a lot of players that couldn't exist today with social media. They were too. They were they were whores. Okay, <laughs> they're they're in the clubs acting a fool right. all the time. I mean, acting a fool. You can't do that anymore. Right. Everybody in the club's filming you. As soon as you walk in. Guaranteed. Okay. So it just, a lot of the guys I play with couldn't exist today. Right. As a player, I really can't worry about any other player. I don't have time. I don't have the effort. Like if that guy across the locker room killed 20 people. Right. He's on the team that the organization has him there. What do I give a crap? He didn't kill my people. If he killed my people, we have a problem. Right. If the organization's okay with him being over there, I don't have enough time to deal with my crap and his crap. So I just stay I stay out of it. Teammates don't really mess with cats, man. And this is, I'm going to say something real, okay? Some of the craziest cats are also some of the realest cats. Some of the craziest cats are sometimes the easiest dudes to deal with. I'm not saying Antonio Brown's easy to deal with. I'm not saying that. Right. But some of the guys... In the press that seemed so, I'm gonna give you Marshawn Lynch. Everybody thought he was so this and so that. His teammates didn't, he was cool as hell. Right. But and just I, because he doesn't love the press doesn't mean you're a bad person, you know? Right, and he, he obviously seems dope to work with, right? Because he's gone on to do so many other things, right? And there's, there's sponsors working with him, he's endorsing products, and he's got like, he does all these things where like the one thing that he does is he goes to different stadiums and does stuff. Mm -hmm. He seemed like this dude that just, as long as I can have fun, man, don't make this too serious. I want to be involved. And he seems like, like to your point, he, he understands business. He, he does the business, right? Mm -hmm. He just, like you said, he just ain't for all the, you know, the, 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 the press craziness. Mm -hmm. Cause, and, and, you know, I have my man Wilt on here and Wilt does PR. Like he's, he's, that's what his job is, right? You know, to break some of these artists. And we, we, and we were speaking about, you know, like, the job of the PR person of not letting these reporters just say and ask anything to gaslight a player, right? And this, yeah, I get it's open or whatever, but I think that we as the media sometimes got to like take a step back and look at ourselves and go, yeah, I would like to be viral, Merle, but I'd also like to build a, a respected relationship in this game. Well, I mean, I think, I don't think you should restrict what the media members say. I mean, you're, a lot of media members are showing showing their ass, okay? Right. A lot of, th a lot of them think, um, this is a tough question. You're just being an asshole, okay? There's ways you go word things, just change a couple words, it doesn't sound as bad, okay? Right. You know, I've never had a lot, I had a problem with one media guy and I'm fine with him now. It just, to me, as long as you just keep it real, you know, because, you know, once again, going out the back to a Marshawn Lynch, I always found myself more attracted to an athlete who doesn't bow to the man. Okay, now AB, I get you're this and that, but this, that stuff off the field, I can't do it. Like I just, the, uh, people putting their hands on women, like listen, I got love for you, Eakin, but if you hear you putting your hands on women, I'm, we're gonna have an issue. That's gotta, just, that's, gotta have a conversation. That's nothing that I can, you know, I don't get it. Right. I don't get that. So that part of it, I think he clearly needs, he has issues. I think he needs help. I think he's been enabled a lot. I, I don't want anything bad for him. Right. But unfortunately, I think it's going to turn out poorly because I think when Kanye West is your voice of reason, that might get that might be tough. Yeah. But to that point, though, when I when I talk about the media, though, I'm, I'm more so talking about let, let, let's use Kyrie for a perfect example. Right. Kyrie went through all that he went through. It was whatever it was. He got whatever punishment was going to happen. He made all the apologies and then he came back and started playing. First game in, second game in. And yes, you know that somebody still wants to ask you a couple of things. But when you say to them, guys, I'm just here to talk about basketball. Can we talk the game? We just played a game. Can we? 
I mean, what more should a dude have to say? That's being you. I mean, it makes sense. That's an easy way. I mean, I get it. Okay. Right. You could say I'm done talking about that to your spouse, but it don't mean you're done talking about it. You could, you could say I'm not talking about that anymore, but it ain't up to you. It's right. not. And let me say this about Kyrie. I never heard Kyrie say anything all that crazy myself. I really have. Kyrie is such a well-read, educated person that's getting crucified by generalizations, I think. I right. mean, that's just, listen, we do, sometimes we do things unknowingly. Right. And I don't, and I don't know if he does things knowingly or unknowingly, but just because I liked something. Right. That doesn't make me anything. Like, let me tell you something. I'll like, if I like something that says Hitler on it, on everything I love, I ain't no damn racist. Right. You just want, you wanted to watch it though. I, I mean, I don't get like everybody. Oh, he said that he's a racist. Your racism's in your heart, yo. Right. It's in your heart. I've had people tell me I'm racist. I go towards who? They go white people. And I go, I was married to a white woman for 23 years. I grew up in Montreal. Then I went to Iowa. Then I went to Indiana. Now I'm in South Tampa. I hate white people. <laughs> hate them. In Iowa, well, I hated all of them, all 98.9% of them, because there are no black people there. Come on, man, let's stop it. It's racism in your heart, yo. That's not what you say. Yeah, I do feel like the the Kyrie thing kind of got out of control, because like, and, and to, to that point, right, it's so crazy, because like you said, I watch... Anything with some killing in it, and especially if it turns into a documentary or something, I'm watching it, right? Yeah. And I look at how many things that I have, like, shared t- on Twitter, right? And I don't even say nothing about it. I just like it, and I, I let it go, right? And to be crucified the way he was, and then, like, the platform that it's on is like, we're not taking it down. This is our reasoning. And then the sales went up on it, and it's like nobody was saying anything to the people who actually made it. Nope. It's just he was catching all kinds of hell because oh my god your platform is so large and you you said that you you tweeted this out bro i saw something i liked that i might have just liked how they laid it out i doesn't mean that i got the same beliefs as them yo let me tell you something i watched this documentary that i found on um showtime it's called active shooter and it's like eight episodes and it goes through some of the most horrific things that have happened like the the shooting in colorado at the movie theater columbine of course uh the uh um the the south carolina church thing Mm -hmm. and there is no way that i'm supporting anything that any of those shooters did but those stories interest me how it went down interests me and just the sheer the people that are able to come out of the other side and tell you know, their experiences, it was, I was like, yo, like I'm drawn to documentaries and true story type things, but no way was I glorifying that, yo, this, this needs to keep happening so I could watch more documentaries. Like I just watched it and I, and I've told people how good of, of a documentary, how, how it was done, Mm -hmm. the stories that were told. And not once did I think as I was telling people that was it because I was trying to glorify active shooters. Of course. America is not mature enough. We're not very mature, okay? I would say this to people. 9-11, Holocaust, slavery, there's a few other things. Stay away from it, because we're not mature enough. Right. We're not mature enough to say, to make a statement with those things in them. Nobody is, okay? As a black man, if you say slavery, everybody's like, why do you keep on bringing up slavery? 
like it's irrelevant, okay? And slavery I, wasn't even that long ago. That's, that's, really, that's, that's a really like crazy. Your like your grandma right. was, you know, on, you know, it's not that long ago. Right. People act like it's like, oh, it's hundreds of years ago. Nah, bro, it's really like. I mean, we're, just a, we're just trying to say, well, that's why maybe we started off a little bit behind. That's all we're saying. We're not trying to say nothing crazy. And it's, you know, you didn't do it, but it was done. Yeah, yeah, we're not saying you yeah. did it, but you might be yeah. related to somebody who knew somebody that did it. That's all I'm saying. And if you bring up 9-11 or Holocaust, can you ever hear anybody say 9-11 was okay or Holocaust was okay? Right. I never heard anybody say that unless they were just flat out racist. Right. So we're just, we're too sensitive. We're too sensitive. Hey, you, you gave me a good segue. I want to get into this before we get out of here, right? And I, I saw this on social media, and I want to get your thoughts. Because, again, you being a, a former player in the NFL and, and steadily in this sports thing the way that you are, it talked about the Rooney Rule, right? And and it gave some stats here, though, and I, and I want to get your thoughts on it. And it, it's, it's titled Inside the Numbers of the Rooney Rule Era. And for those of you who don't know, in 2003, the NFL implemented the Rooney Rule to ensure that NFL teams must interview at least one minority. And here's what the data reveals. And this is on Anscape's um, page that I follow on Instagram, right? Are minority coaches getting hired a second time more often than white coaches? It says yes. 20% over 14%. But the numbers are uh, 5 out of 25. And on uh, white head coach's side is 14 out of 102. Now you do with that what you want. Um, are minority coaches improving their teams more often than white coaches? The answer is no. Percentage of hires to improve their teams by at least one win per season. Minority coaches, 28%. White coaches, 37%. You want to stop here? You want me to give you the rest of what's going on here? I, 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 don't, I don't, well, once again, you have to look in between statistics. Okay, but well, before you go there, let me okay. get, let me get a rest. Let me go get ahead, a rest. Go ahead. Are minority coaches landing on the hot seat more often than white coaches? The answer, according to this survey, is also yes. Percentage of hires with with a hot seat rating of thirty percent or higher, and I guess that's like you know, like when you you know they talk about you all the time and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. With minority coaches, it is forty eight percent, which actually amounts to a number of twelve out of twenty five, and with white coaches, is twenty seven percent. 27 out of 102. Um, are minority coaches securing a playoff berth more often than white coaches? The answer is no. Uh, the percentage of hires with at least one playoff appearance, minority coaches, 40%, 10 out of 25. White coaches, 52%, 53 out of 102. Uh, are minority coaches leading winning teams more often than white coaches? In this particular stat, it was tied. 36% for each um and then are minority coaches landing the least viable jobs more often than white coaches and this one was interesting to me because it's the percentage of hires with first season future win totals of five or less and so i'm guessing that your team was really like they sucked really really bad uh for minority coaches it's 24 percent for white coaches it's nine percent um so in hearing all of that, um, I can go back to anyone you want me to go back to. Mm-hmm. One of your first, you 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 jump right in uh, when I was when I asked you, did you want to get in, and your thought process is there's a reading between the lines. Explain yeah. that. Well, just like the statistics you said about players, you have to read in between the lines, and I would say this without looking at statistics, I, it seems like black coaches have to be way more established to get the good jobs, and. To me, if you're a black coach like a Lovey Smith who's taking your team to a Super Bowl, 
you don't have the same credibility as a white coach that's done that. To me, it seems like if you're a white coach and you take a team to Super Bowl, you're good almost forever, it seems like. You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem, and it just seems like a lot of the black coaches get ousted quicker. And I I think your statistics did, did say that. And, and then there's also, there's, there's the Vietnamese and the left witches and the second, and listen, I'm just telling you what I see, right. okay? It, it seems like the second a white coordinator is great, he gets a job. It just seems it seems like a black coordinator takes five, six, seven, eight years, maybe. Right. And you got to hear stories about what he did in college, and do you know Eric Bannemi did this? And uh, it's just treated differently. And I'm 55 years old. Okay, I've been around a long time. Right. People are comfortable around what looks and feels like them. Don't be shocked when Ursay hires Jeff Saturday, his drinking buddy, as his coach. He he may not listen. When you bring somebody run your organization or your your company, you got to feel that he's going to be comfortable around your people, right? Right. You ever look at those billionaires? They look like they hang around a lot of brothers. Do you? Do they? No. So I mean, it's 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 common knowledge. And then listen when. When a when there's no black owners, unfortunately, but when a black coach comes in, what do they say? Better hire a black this and that. They're white, all white owners, right? So what do we expect? So I don't know why people are still complaining about this. This is America. Until I'm not gonna say until I'll be well gone. Black people are never gonna own that much. We don't own that much. We don't own anything, right? As far as when you get too high, okay? And that's where all the decisions are made. So I'm not shocked anymore. I'm, I'm just not. And statistics are great. It ain't even. It don't look even. It sure. It sure doesn't look even. That's to me. So when your so when your overall thought process is the Rooney Rule something we should keep? Is it just it like? Is it just, is it just? It's, it's just. It's like, listen. Did you hear the whole Flores thing? Did you hear the timeline of that one? The whole Flores. Flores. He he he, he got he. Well, he lost his job in Miami. Right. The Giants wanted him to interview. It was another coach that told him, sorry, you didn't get the job before the interview. Right. Because they gave the job to somebody else already. Right. So they had to interview him. Now, I think everybody's going, well, he's going to be better off doing the interview. He was already a head coach. Now, I'm going to ask everybody this question. If you're going in to interview with a billionaire to run a multi-billion dollar company, how much work do you think you have to put into that to get prepared for that? Because he's going to ask you this. What's wrong with my offense? What's wrong with my defense? Right. What are you going to do to fix it? It's going to take weeks to prepare for that. And he did it for nothing. Shame on the NFL. Shame on him. It's a joke. Well. Uh, yeah. well. I, don't hey, love, I don't love the NFL, by the way. And by the way, I should have been getting my pension since July 20th on my birthday. And I ain't getting it yet. I don't have a job. The NFL could kiss my entire black ass. <laughs> Is that another conversation? Now I got to learn about something else. I got to learn about something else, man. Hey, man, I appreciate your time, man. And like I said, all these conversations that I get to have with you, man, like I learn something every time, man. Even if it's about, even if all I learn is like 
how to have like a dope conversation. I feel like I learn that every time I get to sit with you, man. So I appreciate your time, man. Wait, I wait. appreciate your hustle too, Mr. Eakin. Hey, man. Like we, hey, hey, man. Sometimes what you what you just say? I got, hey, I got to do double. I ain't forgot that part. Game recognized game. Hey, man. I appreciate you. And the love is real, man. Uh, where can they find you on social media? Uh, I'm a big Instagram cat, uh, Ian underscore Beckles, B E C K L E S. You know how to spell Ian? Hurricane got you. Hey, man, don't forget to tell them about the, the cafe. Uh, Dignitary Tea and Kava House right in the corner here of uh, West Shore and Gandhi, 4817 Southwest Shore Boulevard. Best kava and creative in town. Very 420 friendly. We have a consumption lounge in the back. Come and get some. Man, my man, Ian Beckles, man. Shouts out to Crisco Kid, too, man. Uh, he says he will be back next week. He called week. in while you were speaking. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that. And he, yeah, and he texted me, Ted. He just woke up, so I ain't gonna, I'm, I'm cool, man. Crisco's like, you know, Crisco's doing a lot, man. So, again, I appreciate and love the brother, man, and he will be back. And his team um, sucks. Oh, wow. See, now now, now you got to come back. We talking so Bucks trash now. Yeah, huh? now, now you got to come back when he comes back. <laughs> Shouts out to my fan, Radio Influence, man, my guy Jason as well, man. Uh, for everybody here at the Players Playlist, man, uh, I appreciate you man the love is real uh catch me across all platforms at dj eakin and on the tube of you at dj eakin tv all right man i am gone and as always man i enjoyed it uh enjoy the rest of your 2022 and uh make 2023 even bigger and also too man quit chasing everything and find yourself all right that's my word for the day i'm gone